0: The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog.
1: The Underdog Sports Podcast Network presents Hangtime, a pro basketball podcast.
0: All right, so we will right, can... well, take it away. All right, cool. So I'm just gonna intro the show, and then it'll be started. Sound good? Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. Welcome to uh, welcome to the Hangtime Podcast. I'm Will Poznan, and I'm joined by my co-host from the New York Liberty, Kia Stokes. What up? What up? And our very special guest today from the L.A. Sparks, point guard all-star Chelsea Gray. How you doing? What up? <laughs> <laughs> so uh are you in LA right now
2: no I'm in Dallas we have a house in Dallas so um we've been here since since leaving Turkey
0: so uh, last episode we kind of went through Kia's quarantine routine um what's what's uh, your day-to-day like
2: Um, so waking up and then I like to work out in the morning. So I go upstairs, work out. We have a Peloton now and we kind of made our own little weight room. So, um, go up there, work out. Um, and then I have meetings usually in the late morning, afternoon, and then figure out what, um, what I want to do for dinner. I'm cooking a lot or I'm either going to my brother's house or aunt's house uh, for dinner. So, Trying to stay busy,
0: trying to find new things to do. Cool, and uh, it's good that you have the you have the people around, that, so you're not just isolated, you know. Um, <laughs> or living
1: with your mother, or you know <laughs> things like that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. My little, my younger brother has actually been quarantining with me as well, so that's been nice. Too.
1: How's he doing?
2: He's good. Same old, same old. Give him. <laughs> Getting older, his birthday's in a couple of weeks, so we're gonna figure out a way to have fun with that. Oh,
1: that's nice.
0: Cool. Are you Well uh, your daughter
1: sounds amazing.
0: Oh yeah. She, <laughs> yeah, she's uh she's like really excited just by the general excitement around her. I have a eleven month old who's in the room crawling around in the background for anyone who can hear it. <laughs> that's
2: I, cool. I'm sure that's a little crazy having
0: a it can it's crazy, but it's also kind of good just to have the one because it's like you can structure your day around it you know uh I don't have i mean I wouldn't do a two hour workout if i if I was on a basketball team. I don't think I could, so just to have that to fill my day is a uh, is a nice it's just nice um what uh so are you guys uh into the stuff going on on instagram right now like the versus battles all that stuff
2: i i am i i'm sad i missed jill scotts and erica Badu's um the other day so i'm gonna try to figure out how to watch that on youtube what
1: yeah that one was good
2: you watched
1: it was long i didn't watch the whole thing i watched just the last pride 30 minutes but it was yeah it was good it was just so much love and I just felt so peaceful and relaxed like something I definitely needed because this quarantine (laughs) has been
0: stressful (laughs) I was curious about that because uh, as professional athletes I wasn't sure how you guys would feel about their non-competitive versus battle it was all love the whole time and uh, so Kia you were you were in favor of that I mean, I
1: just like their music, you know? I feel like it's not really... If it's, like, a rap battle, that's different. But I feel like just going head-to-head with songs, I don't know, can you get, get that competitive? Like, you feel you can't talk that much shit. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, here's my my go-to song. Here's your go-to song. Like, that's it.
0: My songs I feel like it's not that. Songs.
1: Yeah, I just feel like it's not that competitive. I feel like the fans are the ones that are judging more than them.
0: Okay. What about... uh? And who are you rooting for?
1: Uh... <laughs> I mean that one I didn't really care. I just like both of them. Maybe Erica Badu. I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's what I was rooting for was Erica. Um uh Chelsea, do you have a favorite between the two of them?
2: Um, I probably would've went with Erica Badu as well.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, I probably would have went with Erica. So
1: I happy. think um I think Nelly and Ludacris is this weekend. That's what yeah. I've been seeing on Twitter.
2: So that's gonna be interesting. <laughs> that is gonna be interesting.
0: Like, Ludacris' songs are more known, but I think that Nelly has, uh... I think he has, like, a better under-the-radar hits. Like, obviously, Ludacris has songs like Move and, like... He has songs that are just... were just so big. But Nelly has songs like St. Louis and stuff that I don't think people are going to remember how good they are. I think Nelly's going to win. I think Nelly's going to win by more than people realize. I think it'll be tough. I think it's Ludacris. What did you say? I think
2: Ludacris might have it.
0: Yeah? Uh, I
1: think I'm going to go with Luda, too. I just feel like, I mean, I love Nelly, and he got the whole Midwest thing, you know? But mm-hmm. uh, I just, I think Ludacris is... What's
0: what's the best <laughs> Ludacris song? What's the song that Ludacris is going gonna, is gonna, gonna to just be an automatic win for a round? Oh, get <laughs> up. That one, one
1: of my one of my favorites is uh, What's Your Fantasy. My dad had me singing that when I was like ten. I'm like, Dad, why would you let me sing that? But
2: <laughs> that's true. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Luke I mean Nelly, has
0: some- Nelly has some songs that. I mean, I remember like when Tip Drill came out. It was like, how is this even getting to me? <laughs>
1: you never know where it's going to reach that's all I'm going to say I'm nervous for my kids one day because (laughs) they're going to be listening (laughs) to
0: what do you guys uh, who are you siding with in the current remix war between uh, Doja Cat and Nikki and Beyonce and Megan go ahead Megan you're going Mm -hmm. Megan well you're in Texas right now you have to say that right
2: no um, Beyonce you no know, Beyonce I, I just she's so I don't know, I just love her. And she she's so detailed with every single thing. I don't know if you guys watched her like documentary.
0: Oh yeah, everything. it's amazing.
2: Yeah, it's amazing of how detailed she gets and even with her visual albums and things like that, like the things she wears. I'm just a fan of how she produces music in her videos. So I feel like going up against that, it's like, oh, uh, it's Beyonce, <laughs> and then Meg Thee Stallion is just coming with hit after hit now nowadays. So put those two together, you know, that's why I had to go with them.
0: Okay, well, mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. I disagree.
1: Okay, yes, here, let's hear it. <laughs> I mean, I just, I just think, I mean, I love Beyonce and Meg, like obviously, but I just feel like, in terms of the remix, I just feel like Nicki went and killed that, like. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how else the other way to put it. I feel like Nicki just did her thing on that. Talking That's, hella shit.
0: Well it was like six months of pent up rage. I mean Nicki <laughs> came out of there like she was just shooting at people. It was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. But
1: I mean they were both good. Like I know no
0: that doubt, but Megan and Beyonce, they got a day in Houston in their honor over that song. Uh so Nicki needs true. like two days in Queens. For what she did.
1: Man, New York ain't gonna do nothing like that.
0: That would you know what? I I know that a lot of people are pro a lot of the stuff that Cuomo's doing, but until he gives Nicki Minaj her own day, I just don't respect the job he's doing. I mean,
1: okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't
0: I don't know. My mom be
1: watching the news with all them on it. I just don't pay attention, so I just know him and his brother be
0: bickering, right? Ain't that yeah. a thing? Yeah. And that's all I, I know. A lot of drama. Mm. Could it be me? But yeah, I got a, I got Nicki and Doja too. Just you know, what I thought was so interesting was like, in both camps, you have a perfectionist and then like a carefree person. So like Doja and Megan are so clearly just having fun, and then Nikki and Beyonce are looking at that top spot like it's, like it's a championship trophy. Like they're gonna die for it. They're like doing the Michael Jordan last dance thing, and then Doja and Megan are just so happy to be there. So it's just a fun vibe.
1: <laughs> so, Chelsea, I was meaning to ask, how was it with your first year in Finner, even if you were only there for a month?
2: Um, It was good. I mean, I played against Finner for years, and you really don't realize it until you're in you know, on a team, on Finner's team, like, they rule everything, basically. And that once...
0: Sorry about that. (laughs)
2: Once once you're on the team, it's like, I would say something, but, like, it's fine, you know, we'll just call this and this, and we'll get it situated. I'm just like, huh? Yeah,
1: it's (laughs) crazy.
2: go through hoops or do your own thing or have your own connections with other teams. And it's just crazy how much they run in. And I had a good experience actually living in Istanbul because before I would come visit almost every weekend, but <laughs> hey, I was able to live there. And it's not like I'm not in a hurry to go down the street because you know I'm living here now. But I kind of miss it <laughs> a little. Yeah. Bit. Uh,
1: they finally did. You see, they finally canceled the season today.
2: Yeah. I saw. I was just like, I'm. I'm just. I'm just waiting for them to tell it that it's canceled. There's no way we can continue. Foreigners aren't going to be able to go back there anyways.
1: So. And I, I think the airports are still closed. I don't want my paycheck. So.
2: That's I completely
1: <laughs> That's what I need. Did you um? Did you watch The Last Dance last night?
2: I, I am behind, but I. I, love, I know I'm. behind. I'm so sad about it. We're catching up today. In the, oh this, okay. Um. So I'll let you know how I react to these episodes. I've been seeing stuff on Twitter, but I'm trying to stay off of it so I can really have the experience of being in it,
0: you know? That's Uh, what I'm doing, too.
1: Y'all are lame. My dad's not watching a single episode until all ten are out, because he wants to be Ben watch it. That's what I said. I'm like, he's tripping.
2: Yeah, no, I can't do that.
0: It's a lot of Michael Jordan in a row, though. That's the other part of it, too, is Michael Jordan's Insanely intense, and committing to that much Michael Jordan when you're just in your apartment—I don't know, especially like in the New York area where you can't really get around. It's a—it's a big commitment. Also, as a Michael Jordan fanboy, I kind of know most of the stuff. I think there's been a couple of things that they've written about where I went, "Oh, I didn't know that." But yeah, sorry, Kia. No,
1: I was just gonna ask Chelsea. So after watching this, who was your go between? Well. I mean you can't throw Kobe in there but usually the goes between Jordan and LeBron. So who would you pick? Cuz I used to say LeBron, but then after watching this cuz I didn't grow up watching Mike, I'm like I don't know, he had that mentality that's just on another level.
2: Tough For me, I like I am I respect both of them. I I grew up as a Madden Johnson fan and then eventually I loved Kobe. Um shoot. It's hard, you know. I Cause they both like they're in different generations, right? So I'm trying to like not take that into account, but you have to. They both had like they had a Robin in in um with LeBron in Miami, sort of with uh with uh Chris Bosh, you know, like mm-hmm. they had a three-person like you know. So it was kind yeah. of. But I think I'm gonna go with Michael Jordan on it. I think he made a way for LeBron to be there. I think LeBron's doing stuff outside of basketball that's making way for other athletes. But uh, mm-hmm. on the court, I think Jordan is, is was top tier and just his mindset, the way he tried to make other
0: people better. But there's also
2: stuff on there. On there I'm like, come on now, Jordan, what were you doing?
0: <laughs> 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 like, what's an example of that? Right.
2: And sometimes he will be snitching on his teammates. I'm just
0: like, hey, snitching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when
2: I saw that, I was like,
1: oh, "Damn!"
0: <laughs> you know?
2: So I'm just like, I can't yeah.
0: wait. I can't he wait to see what this past I, I, weekend, Takashi 23. Takashi 23.
2: He didn't say that much. Politically, and that's where LeBron, I think, is doing more outside of just his sport. Like, he he says stuff. He's done the school and stuff. So, outside of the sport, if you put the whole package, I think LeBron is better in that way. But, like, strictly on the core championships, getting better and reigning at such a high level, I am I, I think I'm going to go with Jordan LeBron. How old is LeBron now? Look what he's doing. 30, 31, I think. Is he older than that? LeBron's older than that. I thought he was, like,
1: 34.
2: If he, yeah, I think really?
1: LeBron is that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so he's doing all this stuff right now. And, I mean, he's at the more so at the end of his career than he is at the beginning. He's 35 he right now. He's 35. Wow. Oh, shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that's loud. So, so what's Vince, Vince Carter, like, like, 45? He's, I don't know,
1: he old-ish. <laughs> i don't want to say he's old only being in his 40s but i don't know how does that wait, wait till you see this week's episodes' because him in practice is just like crazy his teammates got to be thick skinned that's all <laughs> i'm gonna say
0: chelsea how does it feel when you get compared to a player from a different generation who you'll never get to play against or your team gets compared to a team that you'll never get to play against
2: it's actually pretty cool. Like, so sometimes I would get compared to Madden Johnson and that was my idol growing up. Like, I loved him. I love Teacher Penichero, and Cheryl, the two people that I really watch film on and stuff like that. it's, it's cool to be a, a part of, but it's like, you never was, were there to experience how they affected other teams or when they went up against them, like, oh shoot, we got to play against Michael Scotty and Dennis today. Like, <laughs> like you know, don't have that same type of vibe um but I mean I feel like some people they play me or play us or they might, might think of that but it's it's cool to kind of hear but it's like all right that was a different generation but then yeah
1: we definitely had to do that when we played LA we're like damn we gotta go and get Candice Nectar and Chelsea awesome <laughs> and then they got damn, Raquana, who could drop 50 at any given time. Like, they just – and, you know, we don't have to go into that.
0: We don't <laughs> need <to> go there. <laughs> Kia, you must have had a lot of that at UConn, though, where they're just always comparing you to people you'll never meet or you won't meet, like, until you get to the w- WNBA.
1: Um, I mean, yeah. It was, it was different at UConn. I feel like everyone was rooting against us. So – I just felt like,
2: oh,
1: goodness. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like everybody was like, I hope everybody else but UConn wins. I feel like that. Well, at least that's what it felt like for me.
2: But... I mean, that's, that's part of coming in with the territory of being top dog, too. Like, every team is like, oh, I want to beat this team. Oh, oh I want to be Chicago, but I have to be, you know, like, so somebody yeah. at the top, like, it's a story of who brings them down you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Especially when you and Minnie was, uh, L.A. and Minnie was going back and forth those years of the championships, I was like, I just want somebody else to win twice, like, besides those two. Like, somebody else can be good. That's <laughs> what I was hoping for. <laughs> Well, I wanted it to be New York, but, you know, we gotta, um, we gotta work our way back to where we were. My my first couple seasons were actually pretty decent, so we got some work to do.
0: Chelsea, how do you feel about, uh, the Zion story that came out today and, you know, all of the stuff around that. Did you see that story yet?
2: Is this when they were saying that he might have gotten gifts and paid and all that stuff?
0: This is, yeah, this is another one of those stories where they treat an 18 year old basketball player like they're the CEO of a 500 person company. <laughs> you know, they're like, can you believe this 18 year old accepted money to, for shoes?
2: I don't know. I feel like, I feel like a lot of people do it, right? I feel like a lot of athletes do it. A lot of companies do it. And some people just don't get caught. And it sucks. It's part of it. But I'm just like, leave the guy alone now. Like, what is, what is it doing now going to do? What? Make a statement? I mean, because I don't necessarily think that this one story is going to stop everything from happening or, reverse things that's happened in the past. So I'm just like, leave this
0: kid alone. 100%. And I think that uh, I'd be interested to hear what you guys think of this, but I think that it's kind of bad who gets caught because it's like, we all know that LeBron got a Hummer when he was 17 or 18, which was, you know, however many years ago. I was wrong. I thought he was 31. He's 35. but it's, <laughs> it's, But like, we don't know who gave him the money for the – like, the person who's actually doing the bad thing we don't know the name of, we just know the name of the famous kid who got roped into it, which is the part that's really gross to me.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's a young kid. Like, he's about to be a millionaire. Just let it go. I mean, that's why you see kids now that are skipping college and going straight to the G League or going to go overseas, just because there's so many stupid rules at the NCAA that just don't make any sense when – You can have a regular kid can have somebody buy him, you know, a car house if they want to. But as soon as you play a sport, it's like you got to just sacrifice all that. I mean, it's not right, but that's a whole nother conversation I ain't even trying to get into. (laughs) It's just stupid. Just let it go. The kid's a millionaire. He played one year, like
0: leave it at that. And people also. uh, I think that people want to blame like the school. People want to blame the stuff that is famous that's the part that makes me uncomfortable, is people want to blame the famous parts of the equation when it's clear it's like a behind-the-scenes thing that is allowed to happen because people just want to gravitate to... Like, getting mad at Zion doesn't really fix anything in any capacity.
1: Yeah. Like, what's going to happen if it comes out that it's true and what's his punishment? Like, he's not even in college no more. He's going to take away the rest of his eligibility? Like... <laughs>
0: it doesn't make sense it doesn't matter (laughs) and also how many times do we have to see athletes grow up from when they're 18 to when they're 30 to know that it happens you know like that's the other part of it where people just want to paint an athlete based on a decision they make like people still talk about chris weber taking a timeout when he was 18 years old like that's the same person you know
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a sad story though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Did you uh who was at Duke when you were there?
2: Um, men, on the men's side. Well I came in with Ky- Kyrie Irving, uh Josh Harrison, um who was there my freshman year? Nolan Smith, John Shire, um Seth Curry came in after he transferred there afterwards. Um, the Plumley, the Plumley brothers went there. Uh who else? I'm trying to remember I don't remember.
0: That's like half the team. You've you've <laughs> named eight people.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I'm tripping, I missed my best friend, Quinn Cook. He was there. Um Wow, how you forget? This? <laughs> I hope he doesn't hear this. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: uh, it it was a good time. It was a great. What was the highlight of uh of your time there?
2: Um, just being able to play in Cameron, I think having Duke across your chest was extremely, you know, prideful. I think right now they're a little bit, they're struggling a little bit. Um, but back when I was in school, like we had a legacy to kind of uphold, and we never were able to cross that, you know, getting into a Final Four. Um, but it's just the the legacy behind going there and just walking on campus and seeing. So much history within the athletic program is great. And then also, you know, you get an education once you put on your resume that you went to Duke, you kind of had a toe in with certain things. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to keep taking advantage of that. Do you feel
1: like yeah, that's the one thing I always thought was great? It's just it's like you got that Duke stamp. Like no
2: matter what anybody
1: say, like, yeah, I went to Duke and I feel like Duke camaraderie is crazy. Like. Especially when all the Duke and UNC stuff happens, I'd just be like, damn, that's probably crazy to be a part of.
2: It's actually the most, it's crazy. I've never seen anything like it. Like I've been part of the Minnesota-LA rivalry and maybe that's kind of similar, you know, if you go to, go to LA, then, you know, you're, you don't, Minnesota people don't like you off that. But mm-hmm. the Carolina Duke thing, like how people would camp out for this stuff, and like the environment during the games, women's games too, or even football, like anything. It could be simple or not simple. We had manager teams playing each other, like managers, basketball <laughs> managers from manager and we would have like people in the arenas like cheering each other on and some of the athletes would go. It just went so deep. Like even now I can't have anything in my house that's baby blue.
0: <laughs> like
2: that at all. Wild. So, Yeah. <laughs> I'll go to the store and be like, dang, that's really
0: cute, but ah, I can't get it. So, Tuesday, if you like, saw, like, the Space Jam Jordans, like, the Baby Blue Space Jam Jordans, you just wouldn't wear okay, them? those
2: are the only things I have.
0: <laughs> you got <that> for the <laughs> best,
2: right? But, like, nothing else. I don't have any Baby Blue shoes. There's nothing Baby Blue, and if it's anything close to it, it's maybe teal, but, like, that's far off than that I mean, nauseating Baby Blue. You're wearing <laughs> the Jordans, so I just... But, like, I- I'll talk to Elena Beard about it, and she would, and she'd be
0: like, "Nope, can't have anything of that color." It's just, it's just so, it's so real. Like you can't do it. <laughs> that shit is wild to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember, just can't even imagine. I remember I was, I'm from D.C. and I remember when Elena Beard uh, joined the Mystics, got drafted by the Mystics, and uh, there was like somebody from Maryland who was good that year or something, and. DC, we were really prideful about University of Maryland at that time, where we didn't fuck with any of the Carolina schools. And then mm-hmm. it was like, okay, well, she's going to be the best player on the Mystics, so we gotta we gotta accept that she went to Duke. But yeah, I remember I remember when the ACC included Maryland, and I remember how crazy that was.
2: Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. Like even now, Tierra from Pratt is my teammate, and we used to go head to head, like guard each other during college and we were just like hey that's behind us you good you good
0: <laughs>
2: it's so it went so deep like even we went to an award show she wore all baby blue and I wore the duke blue and like we didn't even coordinate like to do that and it's just like oh so you gonna do that now like that was the first thing we thought about not like hey you look nice it was just like oh that's the color you choose
0: <laughs> you know? yeah petty. Never do you think yeah, that yeah, uh Do you think being at Duke prepared you for being at, you know, one of the more star-studded teams in the WNBA?
2: Um, I think playing at that level all the time, um, being ranked most of the year, and then playing against ranked opponents, definitely, like, you see familiar faces. You're playing against familiar people and just trying to play at a high level. I think it's hard to, even if you play at the top level and you play at UConn, you play at Stanford and stuff, it's still a big adjustment period that you have to have going into the pros. So for me, like, yeah, it prepared me, but not to the point where I'm just like, I didn't feel that I can get rookie of the year with me coming out of college. I also went through injuries too, so that was part of it. So I don't know, it just, it was different for me, I would say.
0: Do you think that there's like some similarities between being an injured athlete and being in quarantine because uh No. No? No. Okay. <laughs> not, Absolutely not. I don't no. know. Like I don't know. That's just like a vibe that I've gotten just from talking to friends who are athletes who have been injured versus like when you're in quarantine you can't like I'm saying for us normal people who have jobs and stuff and not don't play basketball. You know what I mean?
1: No, because you can still move around <laughs> your house freely. Like when I had surgery, I can't move. You're literally stuck sitting there. You have to really depend on people, depending on what your injury was. Like no, so just because you injured, don't have the choice to, just don't, just because you don't have the choice to go outside doesn't mean that it's like being injured. Like no, <laughs> and you're not in pain. Like true. The pain level thing here. So I'm yeah. sorry that you know people can get sad they can't go to work or go outside and
2: play or do whatever. But no,
1: at least your joints work. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, like that, that was hard for me. And I had yeah. it three times.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. So I know you probably got this question a lot, but do you think the WBA is gonna come to some type of are we gonna have a season? What do you
2: think? Um, I honestly don't think so. Um, I go back and forth because they're trying to create this bubble, but this bubble comes with a lot of different other things. Um mm-hmm. like mental health and it mental health, um you know, family members, children, like, are they allowed to come? What does it look like if somebody gets injured? Are they able to leave and go with their doc, their own doctor? Like, the they're, they're home, they're not going to be able to be home, you know? Um yeah. so I think that all those barriers is going to be very, very difficult to have a season that's, you know, worth having. You know, we have so many, so many people that's excited about the league and stuff like that and going to the games. And we have so much, you know, push behind the new CBA that having a – is it worth having a season even if it's going to, you know, take three steps back, but at least you're able to put people out there? I don't know. I don't really know. It it just comes to conversation. But um, I guess we'll see and and wait and hear back. But um, right now I would say I don't think we're able to have a season right now.
1: Yeah, that's how I started to feel too. I just think there's too many – like, logistic-wise, there's too many variables, too many what-ifs. And imagine, like, our team asked us, uh, you know, what do we need if we're going to kind of be isolated for three months? And I was like, it, or in a hotel, I was like, I need a kitchen. And they're like, oh, yeah. Like, how do you just forget that we need a kitchen? Are we just going <laughs> to order room service, you know, the whole time? So it was, I think there's just a lot of things to think about. I just think it'd be super hard to kind of put together in this short amount of time
0: but um, i think there's also wrinkles to it too because like football's going to have an incredibly hard time coming back because the teams are so big which means that there's a chance that there could be an op- there could be an opening for more basketball at like during football season if football can't come back so they don't necessarily have to is there any talks about a WNBA season that's not during the summertime no, I, I think
2: that's kind of been possible for women's basketball because so many people go overseas. So yeah. you're going at different time of the year, different season that, you know, that men's basketball usually goes basically year round. So they can kind of play with the start and, and stop times. But for WNBA, it's pretty much a hard cutoff in October.
1: Yeah, if overseas starts on time, I know at least for me, like I make more overseas than when my contract is currently in New York. So, you know, if I had to make that choice, you know, i got to go where the money is. So I, I don't want to have to make that choice. But so that's, it's kind of one of those
2: things. That's kind of why
0: this is so unpredictable though, right? Because who knows what will happen with those overseas leagues. Also, if uh, the season is modified and if the season's modified, they'd have to restructure – the tv deal which could mean restructured money like so to me it's very up in the air with both basketball leagues and then i'm pessimistic about football and other sports in general
1: (laughs) yeah well i mean i don't really
0: care about football (laughs) so uh, you know y'all can have it i'm good but wba i don't know i hope they can come to something but uh, i don't know what if they just had all you guys, uh, like, out somewhere away from people, but, like, with each other, like an Olympic Village-type scenario? Is that appealing or not really? Yeah, but then it comes to testing and who can come and go and no one can kind come of and all that out. stuff. What if it's that? That's
1: what I'm saying. And then how to get people in from overseas. Like, where are they at? How do they get in, you know?
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm I'm glad I'm not in charge of this. This would be a very busy, you know, day-to-day <laughs> trying to plan this stuff. Yeah. My friend had the idea, though, that, uh, you know, in video games, how you can choose the background for, like, if, if it's like Mortal Kombat, you choose the characters and you choose the location? And he was like, whoever wins the last game should get to choose, like, which home court they play at. I thought that was a great idea. But it's just like dumb wishful thinking, I guess, right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what what has been like the effect um, on the sparks with uh, you know just the tragedy around Kobe and Gianna and the helicopter crash? Like, how has that affected you guys?
2: Um, it's been, recently we um haven't talked about it as much because it's like a very sad thing, of course, to talk about. But when it happened, we are all scattered everywhere. Um, everything was fine with Corona and everything like that. And it was, it was a very eerie and hard time because it was kind of like Kobe was this superhuman type person and it's like if that could happen to Kobe like it could happen to anybody and I'm just like dang like that wasn't supposed to happen to him He's supposed to have like a guard around him like Mm -hmm. like, he's untouchable type feeling and but also like the story the history behind him being in LA and him coming to the game so much I was just with him like the week before I was with him and I, to this day i can't delete any text from him like at all like it's in my phone i hope i never lose my phone if anything it, that's the first thing i checked to make sure like my phone messed up a week ago and it shut down and i looked at my message and i scrolled all the way down and look at his message and i was like okay it's still there like i can't delete it and then our coach is Derek, and
0: How's he been like doing? i talked
2: to him the night it happened and he was torn up it's just like all those relationships that he was having and in building, he was going to do something big in women's basketball and his daughter was going to continue a legacy, um, behind, him, behind Kobe. And it's just like, you never get that opportunity, um, to see her play, to see him be involved more with women's b- basketball. And so many people in LA had relationships with them that, you know, are kind of like in awe.
0: What was it like right when now. he chose you for his show?
2: It was cool man. I was like, oh snap, I got you my Kobe. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh man, I got to do I got to make sure, but at the same time like I looked at it and actually like understood what he was saying and was like, "Thank you.
0: Appreciate it." What was the well, best I, note he gave and, you?
2: Like we had a plan like after that and then after seeing him that week and I was traveling and I was like, "Hey, when I come back to LA, we're going to watch film." Like I was going to sit down, watch some film cuz he watches it all the time nonstop. It's like his favorite thing. So we're going to watch that now. I'm never going to be able to, you know, have that time. It's like, where do I, who do I fill that gap with? I don't, I don't want to fill with my coach. I watch film with him all the time. Like, who do I, who do I fill that gap with, you know, to watch film? And it's like impossible. So um it's kind of hard to, you know, think about. And then his daughter, I was, I saw her at All-Star and she was there and I was like, dang, it's, it's a terrible thing to be around and to actually feel.
0: Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I mean, it's one of the big sports tragedy tragedies ever, and to I think it's the biggest one that I've experienced. I can't think of one that's like even in the same stratosphere. Uh, did you guys ever ever have like a a basketball disagreement? Because I know he liked to nerd out. On basketball with everybody all the time. Do you guys ever disagree about anything? Me and Kobe? Yeah.
2: No, I just I just took his word for him and he was he was right. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, you got it. No, you can't raise up over him like that. And he's like, okay, well, let me show you the film of how many championships I won <laughs> doing this. And I'm just like, you got it, you got. It. Like. When he was telling me the different stuff, like we are at his camp and he was like, you have to be able to rip it like this to raise over him. I'm just like, huh, you right. That seems very difficult, but I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong. I mean, you okay, so let me try it your way. And I did. it. I was like, all right, I see. You. I see where you come from. I need to go in the gym and like practice that for 30 days. But um, it, I mean, it's pretty cool. I, I didn't really say though, no, that he was wrong. <laughs>
0: My uh, my favorite part about the detail is he's always so clearly outlining what's the best basketball decision, and then you remember him just falling out of bounds, making shot after shot against the like against the Suns and all these teams, and he's like doing impossible things, and I just wanted to see a detail on that, like oh you just fall out of bounds away from like you're behind the backboard and you just hit the shot, right. That's yeah,
1: it's like Kobe one on one. Like everyone's supposed to do
0: that. <laughs> so, uh, if if the WNBA season doesn't come back, how uh, how are you both going to fill that time? Any is there a chance of a new hobby or something like that?
2: ahead, Uh, I'm cooking a lot, so I already like to cook. Like, I love it. I love trying new new things. So I'm cooking a lot. So hopefully something comes with that. Um, me and my brother are always in the kitchen together. So figuring out, you know, what we can do to kind of bring that out to other people. So part of that maybe, um, reading a lot more. You know, I'm trying to set up life to become. You know, a multimillionaire by the time I'm 30. So <laughs> maybe time off, um, I could kind of do that, uh, but I really enjoy riding the Peloton now.
0: So that's something different. <laughs> what got you into that? My wife, honestly. <laughs> I,
2: I was kind of against Peloton. Are you talking about cooking? Or are you talking about Peloton?
0: Yeah, Peloton. Yeah.
2: Okay, so Peloton, I I, I was looking, at, I was like, you know, we can just what's wrong with just a normal bike. But after getting it and seeing it and being on it, like different than any other bike for sure.
0: Yeah, what makes it different?
2: Mm-hmm. Like the challenges, the way they have the cadence versus the resistance, um, how they structure their workouts, uh I vibe to they have different playlists with different type of music that you listen to. Um You have a person, like an instructor, and you feel like you're in that with the instructor, so it's not like you're doing it by yourself because if you're by yourself, you try to have a goal, right, so people can beat you, and I'm just like, I'm not getting beat, so like, I try, (laughs) so I try, like, to go as fast as I can with a lot of resistance, but still stay in structure with the workout, so like, there's different components of it that makes it better, more fun, and just like, I'd be tired after it, after 15 minutes of work, it's like
0: you're tired. Got it. That you, sounds good. You're going to get one now? Kia, Kia's doing intense yoga every day. Honestly, I've been
1: slacking on the yoga, but these <laughs> workouts I'll be doing, i just be tired. I'm like, at this point, I'm like, what am I even doing this for? But then I'm like, no, Kia, do it at least for the beach bad. But then I'm like, well, <laughs> what beach am I going to? So I don't really know.
2: That's so true. Like, I, <laughs> it was two weeks ago, I was like, why am I getting up at nine to go work out? Like, am I trying to get ready for training camp? <laughs> you know, so it's like, yeah. Uh, I guess I'm just doing it just to feel better about myself and to be able to go have a donut
1: if I want to. Right. I just got my mom like a six pack of cupcakes for Mother's Day, and she only had one, and left me with five. So
0: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Do you? Uh, it's tough. what when you're uh, training during the basketball season, is your mentality like? More so, I don't want to lose or is it like, I want to be the best in the world?
2: Best in the world, hands yeah, down. But I don't want to lose and to be the best in the world, you, you don't, you try not to lose, you know?
0: Got it. So like, I want to be the best. No, I mean, it, it makes sense because I feel like you're right. Do you feel like, is there a part of you that goes, if there were a WNBA season, I would be the best player in the league?
2: Um, I'm not gonna come out and say that. <laughs> I'm never gonna say that until like I can feel and really have championships behind me to be like, yo, I'm the best. You know, um, I have one, gotta work on some more. But um, I think I'm making my way up into that title of like, hey, one of the top five point guards in the league ever. You know, that's my, that's what I'm striving for right now. But to be able to get to that number one spot, like you gotta work. So right now I'm just trying to, you know, get into that conversation.
0: So you have been hearing,
2: but
0: you know, do you look at it more in the positional lane? Like I want to be top five point guard or do you look at it like, cause I think I said on a previous podcast, um, that I think you're one of the three best players in the WNBA. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean,
2: think I got championships to really say that. So
0: we'll see. So, but do you look at it, like, positionally, like, I want to be an all-time great point guard, or do you go, I want to be the best player of my era? Like, what what would mean more to you, being a top five point guard all-time or being top five player of your era? Um, I
2: think I might go with all-time. Shoot, that's hard. But I also think that point guards are the best position and the hardest position
0: to play. So... I'm what just team like. You, mad at you for that than saying you're the best player in the government.
2: <laughs> what? That's that, that point, point guard go- they have to think entirely for the entire game. Five, like some twos or threes. Like I'm not discrediting. Like it's hard to like knock down shots, come off curve. Like, but yeah, one right that, that are making those calls, they are putting those, those things together. I and mean, if you have a great point guard, you're going to have a successful team. Like, yeah, you, I know- you, you can have a great center, no offense, kid. You can have a <laughs> great center. But if, like, you don't have a point guard to get you the ball, like, what you gonna
1: do? Take it up yourself? Yeah, see? As a, as a big, you know, um, I do find it difficult to dribble a lot. So, that's one thing. And also, I feel like as a point guard, they know every position, every play, who, who's supposed to be where, when they're supposed to cut. I think that's, like, incredible, especially when they have to dictate you know, what play we should run at this uh, um, at um this point in the game, especially when you have a coach that's not very good. And I'm not saying anybody in particular, but even overseas when you have a coach who's not, you know, the best or doesn't speak your language, having a great point guard makes it so much easier. Um, So I do, I mean, I agree. Point guard is like, you know, probably one of the hardest spots, at least like, but individual skill wise, obviously ball handling and seeing and direction and all that, but, just i think it's incredible like what they can do as far as like strength and muscle wise you know as a center you got to have them shoulders <laughs> and that kind of thing but that's different you know it's different
0: well kia if you if you didn't like uh the point guard thing you can always just send chelsea footage of that nets lakers finals <laughs> <laughs> yeah nah <laughs> But uh yeah, that's that's all the questions I got kid, do you have uh, you have anything else? Um, nope,
1: that's all I got. Um, yeah that's I know,
0: it. I know there's a twenty five million dollar Rihanna documentary dropping soon. Are you guys interested in that? Yeah. Wait, really? Yeah, Rihanna okay, this actually this this might uh tear a hole in your friendship, but uh Rihanna apparently goes at beyonce and Jay-Z in the documentary. yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. Oh, wow. I need to check that out. When is this coming out? Like, in the next month. uh, Amazon paid Rihanna $25 million for a documentary where one of the things they leaked is that Rihanna feels like Jay-Z sabotaged Anti to help, um, I think it was Lemonade, to make sure that Lemonade was the top album of that year. And that's why Rihanna left Rock Nation. That's one of the things they leaked mm. from it. Ooh, this is spicy! I can't wait to watch this.
2: Fine.
0: Because Kia, you're you're Rihanna over Beyonce for sure, right? Um, yeah.
1: It's mm. tough, but I do love I do love Rihanna. Ooh. <laughs> the Beehive yeah. don't come get me. It's fine.
0: I mean, they can come get me. Rihanna is better than Beyonce.
1: Oh, okay, go get Will then. Leave me out of it.
2: All right, I just got in this call. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean when that comes out, you know we'll see we'll see how uh, that affects things in in the music space because uh, I don't know I don't think anyone's really come for Jay Z and Beyonce since they got together not like this.
1: No, I mean, I wouldn't, but first time for everything. Right. <laughs> well, I think that's all I got. I don't know if Will got anything else. No,
0: that's that's it for me. So uh, thanks so much for, for joining us, Chelsea. And uh, tell tell people how they can uh, follow you on social media.
2: Follow me on everything, Twitter, Instagram, CGrade209.
0: Okay, great. And That's easy. <laughs> yeah. What's two oh nine? Is that uh That's
2: my uh area code where I grew where I grew up after um leaving the
0: Bay Area a little bit, so
2: two oh nine.
0: All right, cool. <laughs> well follow her for sure. I mean, you know, one of the one of the best players in the world. And uh thanks so much for joining us. And uh, Kia tell them tell them where they can follow you
1: um follow me twitter instagram K Stokes 41 if y'all haven't followed me dad then that's just disrespectful
0: I so. think... <laughs> <laughs> how was uh you did uh you did like a uh, interview for uh what was the thing you did on instagram tell people about that i don't know if that that's probably posted on their uh on the site
1: that you... yeah it was um it's just called voice and sport it was just um This lady reached out to me and she does this whole thing. She used to be like CEO of this, you know, multi million dollar company, blah, blah, blah. But she just didn't feel fulfilled. So she kind of quit that and started this um basically program to uh, encourage young women to stay in sports and just to try to, you know, stick it out and provide opportunities. Um so she just wants to get successful women on the platform just to kind of talk and help mentor if they want to be part of that, but just kind of give their stories. So you know, when she reached out, I was like, sure, why not? Um, but yeah, she's pretty cool. She's nice. Cool. So I think it's still on their page. Um, they're having a podcast come out, uh, in a couple weeks. That's going to have, you know, different clips of a lot of different successful, successful women. They got Olympians on there too. Um, so it's oh. like a pretty, pretty cool thing.
0: I right, agree. Yeah. So if people, uh, are looking for stuff, they should check that out and, uh, we'll see you again next week. Thanks. Uh, thanks for listening.
1: Yep, thanks guys.